When wholesaling and flipping, inevitably the time will come when you execute a purchase and sale agreement with a seller and then find out you don't actually have a good deal. What do you do in that situation? What if it's a fix and flip and you can't get funding for the deal? If wholesaling, what if you can't find a buyer? Well, in today's video, I'm gonna show you exactly what to do when you need to get out of a contract, including two essential forms you must have. Get ready to learn how to cancel a real estate contract, coming up. This video is brought to you by Flipster, the nation's number one real estate software with tools for finding, funding, and flipping houses. Check it out now at getflipster.com. If you're new here to this channel, I'm Jerry Norton with FlippingMastery.com, and this channel is all about ways to help you make money wholesaling and flipping real estate so you can live your dream life. Be sure to subscribe and turn on the bell notifications so you don't miss new videos. Anyone who's been wholesaling and flipping houses for any length of time is all too familiar with the process of canceling a contract. It's part of the game and it's going to happen from time to time. But for many new wholesalers and flippers, the thought of canceling a contract is overwhelming and intimidating and that's simply due to a misunderstanding of the ramifications for non-performance on a real estate purchase and sale agreement. Now, I hope to not only clarify those ramifications, but also teach you specific strategies to minimize risk and protect yourself, as well as the specific paperwork you need. In fact, there are two really important documents you need, so be sure to stay to the end of this video because I'm gonna show you how to get those for free. And just to cover my butt, I'm not a real estate attorney and you should always seek competent legal counsel when transacting real estate. So let's get into it. A fully executed purchase and sale agreement between a buyer and a seller is a legally binding document. Essentially, it commits the seller to sell the property to the buyer at a specific price and it commits the buyer to buy the property from the seller at a specific price. The purchase and sale agreement spells out the specific terms of the agreement and most contracts give little to no options for the seller to get out of the contract. However, there could be several clauses or what are called contingencies that could allow a buyer out of a contract. The most common contingencies for a buyer are a free and clear title contingency, a financing contingency, and an inspection contingency. Again, contingencies mean that if certain things don't happen, the buyer can cancel the contract. Now we're going to talk about using contingencies to protect yourself as a buyer in a minute, but first, it's important you know that even though the purchase and sale agreement is a legal contract, enforcing the contract is an entirely different story. Let's start with the seller. What if the seller decides not to honor the contract and decides to either not sell you the property or sell the property to someone else? If he breaches the contract, you could sue the seller for non-performance and seek liquidated damages. Now you'll have to spend money on legal fees and follow the court process, but you could do that. By the way, there is a very simple way to protect your interest in a property by recording a simple one-page document called an Affidavit of Memorandum. Now this clouds title and prevents the seller from selling the property to someone else. If you'd like this for free, just leave a comment and say, Jerry, you are a flipping genius. Give me that free affidavit and I'll give you the download link. Now let's talk about the buyer. What if the buyer breaches the contract and decides not to buy the property? The seller could also sue for non-performance, but that is very unlikely. Think about it. How do you make someone buy a property? The seller would not be able to sell the property to anyone else while going through the legal process of getting a court or judge to force the buyer to buy the property. That's just not how it works. 
Instead, sellers get what's called an earnest money deposit. Earnest money is a good faith deposit usually made at the time of executing a contract. If there are any contingencies on the contract that are not met, the buyer can cancel the contract and get back his earnest money. But if all contingencies are met, the earnest money goes hard and becomes non-refundable, which means if the buyer doesn't perform, the seller will keep the earnest money and resell the property to someone else. To be safe, always give the earnest money to the title company to hold and not the seller. So let me make sure this is clear. If you as a buyer execute a contract with a seller and then don't perform for whatever reason, while that sucks and while the seller or real estate agent or title person or whoever may be mad at you, the worst thing that will happen is you lose your earnest money. That's it. You're not going to get sued. You're not going to go to jail. No one is going to force you to buy the property. For example, let's say as a wholesaler, I execute a purchase and sale agreement with a seller and there are no contingencies or all the contingencies are met and I paid a $100 earnest money and then I can't find a cash buyer. I would terminate the contract and lose my $100. Let's say that I paid a $1,000 earnest money and then don't perform on the contract. What would happen? We would terminate the contract and the seller would keep my $1,000. While that would suck, losing my $1,000 is the worst thing that will happen. What if I had a contract for $50,000 with a seller and I had a contingency that the seller is to provide free and clear title and then the seller had a recorded judgment on title for $60,000. So there's not enough proceeds to pay the judgment at closing. In other words, the seller can't meet the contingency. Well, in that situation, it's the seller's fault and we would cancel the contract and he would give back the earnest money. Let's say I had a financing contingency that said I will buy the property for $100,000 so long as I qualify for a 20% down loan from a bank and then I don't get the loan. Well, because of the financing contingency not being met, we would terminate the contract and I would get back my earnest money. So I hope it's really clear how a purchase and sale agreement works and the ramifications for non-performance and where contingencies play a part. So let me know it's clear by leaving a comment and saying, I get it, Jerry, the worst thing that could happen is I lose my earnest money. Next, let's talk about how to protect yourself as a buyer. And then after that, the necessary paperwork needed to cancel a contract. Let's see how well you've been paying attention. As the buyer, whether you're a wholesaler or a fix and flipper, when executing a contract with a seller, what is it that you need to protect? I hope you said your earnest money. So let's talk about earnest money. Earnest money is completely negotiable between buyer and seller. Typically with off-market deals, I offer a very low earnest money, like 10 to $100. If that were the case, I'm not overly concerned about protecting my earnest money. I mean, I don't care how rich you are, $100 is $100, but it's not the end of the world. But with on-market where real estate agents are involved, their earnest money is usually much higher, typically $500 to $1,000, but it could be as high as $5,000 to $10,000 in some cases. So obviously the higher the earnest money at risk, the greater the need to protect it. Whatever the agreed upon earnest money is as a wholesaler or a flipper, the best contingency to use to protect yourself is an inspection contingency. The reason why is because most properties you're dealing with are distressed and in disrepair, so it just makes sense to a seller. An inspection contingency says that you have an agreed upon window of time to inspect the property, and if you find something unsatisfactory, you can back out of the contract and get back your earnest money. 
Now, I typically do a 10-day inspection contingency. During those 10 days, it doesn't mean I have to hire a professional inspection. I can if I want, but the point is I have 10 full days to perform my due diligence. Now, let me share a strategy to use the inspection contingency as a fix and flipper and also as a wholesaler to get into deals with zero risk. If you've been following me and learning from my videos, you'll know that I'm a big believer in doing the least amount of due diligence up front until after I get an executed contract. That means I rely heavily on the inspection contingency. I may spend five minutes to 30 minutes running the numbers on a deal to get to a ballpark offer price, then make a sight unseen offer with a 10-day inspection contingency. And if and when I get an accepted offer and executed contract, then I'll use the inspection window to make sure I actually have a deal and do a detailed analysis. If it's a fix and flip deal, I'll use the 10 days to get bids on the work needed and I'll verify my rehab budget and I'll really dig into the comps and I'll confirm that I can get funding and I'll really make sure I feel good about the numbers and the deal. If it's a wholesale deal, I'll use the 10 day inspection window to market and find a cash buyer. I call this the gathering new information stage. If the deal checks out, after the 10 days, the earnest money will go hard and I'll continue moving forward to a closing on the deal. However, if during the 10-day window, I discover new information that changes the price I can pay for the deal, I have two options. One is renegotiate the price or two, cancel the contract, which if I did, again, I would get back my earnest money and there would be no negative consequences. So let's look at a few situations where you would need to renegotiate or terminate the contract and then also take a look at the paperwork needed to do this. But before we do that, I wanna reiterate the strategy and why I do it this way. Proper due diligence on a deal is absolutely critical, but it's extremely time consuming. It can take a lot of time running comps and verifying the rehab costs in order to run the buy formula on a deal. Because of that, anytime I do a detailed analysis on a deal without a contract, I run the risk of wasting my time because the seller could reject my offer or sell it to someone else. However, since I have a contract and the seller is committed and can't sell to someone else, then it's a good use of my time to do a detailed analysis. It's all about the timing. Just remember, before the contract, quick analysis. After the contract, detailed analysis. This will allow you to make 10 times more offers. And honestly, it's how I've been able to win so big at the wholesaling and flipping game. So let's say that I get a contract for $100,000 with a 10-day due diligence, and then I discover that I was off on the numbers. Either the ARV isn't as high as I thought, or maybe the repairs are more than I thought, or the location isn't as good, or whatever, and $100,000 is no longer a good deal, but $90,000 is a good deal. In fact, let's say that I'm wholesaling the deal, and during the 10-day due diligence, my best cash offer was $100,000. Well, I have the contract for 100,000, so that's not gonna work. So I would go back to the seller during the 10-day window and say the following. During my due diligence, it came to my attention that the repairs are more than I originally anticipated and the resale value is not as high as I originally thought. Therefore, I cannot pay 100,000 for this property. However, I can pay 90,000. If agreeable to amend the price, I will remove all other contingencies and proceed to closing as scheduled according to the terms of the contract. Now, quick tip here to help you be successful using this strategy, don't use this as a bait and switch. Don't lock up deals at ridiculously high numbers and then come back on sellers. That's not having integrity. 
Do your best to present a good offer initially. Every time I use this strategy, I'm completely upfront and transparent with the agent or seller. I tell them the following. Look, I'm not 100% sure I can make 100,000 work until I get in the property and I really dig into the numbers. I'm gonna need to get bids from contractors to make sure my partners or investors and I can do this deal on budget. That's why I need the 10 days and I'll let you know everything I find out. Then I always provide supporting data to justify my price reduction. The seller may or may not accept your price reduction, but your chances are greatly enhanced when you are honest and upfront and provide supporting data. For example, I'm working on a deal right now where I had the contract for 160,000 and then during the inspection contingency, I found out that it needed a new sewer line and there was $8,800 in foundation repair and so on. Now I explained everything I found and I even had written bids to support my position and based on this new information that I found, I asked for a $20,000 price reduction, which the seller agreed to. Why? Because I provided a compelling reason. The more you can justify your price reduction, the more likely you'll get it. Finally, let's take a look at the paperwork. If the seller agrees to a price reduction, use my simple addendum to the purchase agreement. First is the date. Then part one says this addendum hereby becomes part of the purchase agreement between buyer and seller, authorized on, and then put the date of the original purchase and sale agreement, for the property located at, and then put the address, then under clause two, buyer and seller agree that the agreement shall be amended as follows, and then put the following, price to be reduced from 100,000 to 90,000. All other terms to be effective as stated in the agreement. That's it, you and the seller sign, and then this gets attached with the original contract and sent to title for closing. Now let's say that the seller says no to your proposed price reduction, which is likely to happen. Then exercise your contingency and terminate the contract. To do that, use my termination of purchase agreement form. Let's take a look. It says, whereas buyer and seller entered into a contract for the sale of real estate with an effective date of, put the date of the original contract, a copy which is annexed here too, so include it with this form, then it says, therefore, with each party's signature herein, he, she, they unconditionally waive and release any claim against each other arising from the agreement or by reason of its termination. This lets you off the hook and also the seller and allows the seller to then sell the property to someone else. Furthermore, the buyer and seller hereby agree that any deposit, earnest money, or any other monies held by any real estate agent, attorney, third party, or any individual or entity holding funds on an escrow basis shall be distributed in the following amounts to the following parties. Then put the amount you paid in earnest money and who it's to be paid to. Then all parties sign and don't forget to give a copy to the title company so they know to cancel the closing and release the earnest money. Now keep in mind, if the deal is on market, the agent you're working with will use their state approved forms so you don't need to worry about it. And because no one gives away more free tools and resources than me and I have a reputation to keep, I'll give you these for free. So if you'd like my addendum form for doing a price reduction and my termination form, I'll put the download link in the description box below for you.
The key to getting more deals is to make more offers. So next, I want you to watch a video where I break down how to run a quick analysis on deals so that you can make a hundred offers a month. Watch that now. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to my channel. This is the number one channel on YouTube for all things wholesaling and flipping with over 500 videos, all organized into a comprehensive library in the playlist section. You have everything you need to become a flipping genius. Do that now and I'll see you on the next video.